Hello everyone. Welcome to my show Career Startup Leadership Podcast. A podcast to spotlight world-class Asian entrepreneurs, C-suite executives, innovators and allies who provide insights from the personal journey to inspire you. And this is your host Priyanka Komla. Well, I have such amazing news to share with you. This is our milestone episode 75 of Career Startup Leadership Podcast, and I'm so grateful to each one of you for making the show what it is today well having said that you can see this amazing guy on your screen i'm going to introduce him in a quick second nader molai hi nader welcome to the show thank you so much priyanka thanks for having me it's such an amazing pleasure to get to know you and i've known nader for quite some time and i felt here is this amazing ally who is sharing a lot of interesting wisdom on different aspects of life and i felt He's living his dream life of being happy. So why not bring him on board to help us understand how can we be the happiest version of ourselves? What do you think, Nader? Great way to start this episode. Again, thank you so much for uh, for setting up this conversation. Thanks everyone for for being here, for tuning in, for listening in. And uh, I'll tell you this, right? I actually don't shoot for happiness. I aim for inner peace, contentment, because I believe peace and contentment. is a precursor to happiness because sometimes we uh we aim for happiness and we overshoot or we haven't yet built the right foundation we feel like we're happy we feel like oh if i'm successful in my career if i'm making good money if i'm in a good relationship you know we we attach happiness to external sources external achievements however if you if you bring it back in there could still be a void inside us you know and recently i've been sharing some posts on linkedin that kind of like tells my story of how i fell into that into that trap into that like bear trap that almost took my life away right but right. Uh, recently you know i've learned that if i just focus on me and myself inside first of all it's not a selfish thing to do if we develop ourselves from within but it's actually necessary to to develop that inner peace and lay the right foundation for uh for describing understanding happiness so that one day we can reach it that's awesome and thanks for redefining happiness for us because a lot of us look at happiness as something that's attached to materialistic possessions you know emotional attachments but we always don't look inward for our answers and i'm super duper excited to delve deeper into different aspects of our journey as well as life so to our listeners two important things which will help you understand why you need to continue listening to this episode one we're going to help you in this journey to educate encourage and empower you to become the happiest version of yourself so you'll have some key takeaways on those lines we'll also get some insights as an engineer as a scientist in these hard pressed covid times what are some job search strategies to put yourself out there without wasting your time so two important key things that we'll delve deeper into but now let me start with this you moved from iran to canada to the us when you look back at your journey as an immigrant what is one thing that's always kept you going any value that you've instilled as part of your childhood and upbringing delayed gratification <laughs> that's you a know, nice way to put it yeah so i grew up in a family where it's like and our cultures you know uh the asian cultures kind of like we teach that in our in our in our household that you know what we're not we're not working to find happiness in the afternoon we're not working to be happy all summer you know 
we have to delay that gratification. So it's instilled with us that, you know what, you're going to go to school, you're going to graduate from high school, you're going to go to engineering college, or you're going to go to medical university. And one day you'll be successful, you know, so the dream of that one day, you're going to be and not just successful, but like the most successful and people will be proud of you. And as your mom, as your dad will be proud of you as your family, we're all going to look up to you, you know, so that our cultures do a great job at helping our kids build a vision, you know, so that's what I mean by delayed gratification. We, we help our kids. And, you know, that's one thing that was kind of like installed in me from an early age that, you know, I want to build a vision. I want to develop a legacy. So, so I can ultimately go back and help my own people, so to speak, help my own family and bring other people up with me. So, that's the thing that still keeps me going, you know, the pursuit of the pursuit of that vision that I've clarified for myself, that I've developed for myself. And um, I, I will make it come true one day, but we're not there yet. Hey, it's a journey. And I'm so glad you're taking us as part of your journey. We have some live listeners tuning in. So quick reminder for you guys to drop in a quick hello and the country that you're tuning in from. So it gives us a chance to acknowledge you as well as we have an exclusive as part of our 75th episode of Curry Up Startup Leadership Podcast. Nader is giving away a free 30-minute exclusive mentoring session to one lucky listener. And he's a much sought-after guy for a mentoring uh, session. So here's your lucky chance to grab that offer. It's going to be all yours. Absolutely. So Nader, thanks so much again for your time and for sharing valuable energy and resources with our listeners. So let me begin with this. You're somebody who always believes in this philosophy that there are three aspects to life. One is your social capital, which is very important to lead a happy life. Then there's the mental capital where, you know, the fitness perspectives are really important for your journey as well. And the third dimension is the spiritual well-being. So I would like to delve deep into each one of these aspects. So let's start with the mental fitness aspect. What is one strategy that's worked for you based on your experience that you can share with our listeners? Of course, and great question. So uh, our mental strength is only developed through through pressure, you know, through through something that is mentally challenging, right? So what we need to do then, we need to go through a process, go through a journey, uh, take actions that would actually invoke that 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 pressure and develops that uncomfortable mental mindset you know so you might think like oh uh, everything is uh, is terrible these days there's covid and i'm already in a mental you know in a negative mindset well that's not what we really mean you know mindset and emotions are two different things you know we could have all kinds of negative emotions but still have a strong mindset so look at emotions as you know the outside forces and your mindset as how to how you translate them how you respond to them so when it comes to strengthening your mindset mindset building and 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 physical journeys and you know putting your body through a physical challenge they go very much hand to hand and the main reason is that because it's available you know at any point you can go through a physical activity you can exhaust your muscle systems you can exhaust your glycogen storage you can exhaust your what you feel is possible for you. So you can get to a point that your body is telling you that, you know what, you've done enough. And your mind's telling you, oh yeah, you've, there's nothing more you can do. 
and then you realize that oh my god like it's not actually my body who's given up it's my mind that's telling me i can't go anymore and then you push a little bit more you're like oh wow my body's responding and you push a little bit more and it keeps hurting and that lactic acid is going everywhere all those muscles are burning joints are hurting and you're sweating and just the most uncomfortable physical state you can be in and if you just keep going if you just keep going and you have this experience only one time you'll realize that wow there's so much more in my physical gas tank than i thought was possible was possible so what was trying to get, get me to give up was actually my mind so we have a mantra that we always say in our coaching program that we we build our body by strengthening our mind and we build our mind by strengthening our body because if you do one right the other one grows and you you do the same thing to the other one and you're like oh my god with a stronger mind now my body's getting stronger you know my brain is sending these additional signals stronger signals and my muscles are contracting harder so it's just a, it's a win-win situation you know that's very true and i've seen your transformation in the last couple of months and i know there was a recent post on linkedin where you literally you know showed the massive the physical transformation that you've been through how is that process you know losing you know few pounds makes you feel great but tell us about that mental stamina that helped you through that entire process to be where you are today yeah and it it just leads to discipline you know cuz i've been sharing a lot of people actually 17 people joined the same program that i was in over the last couple of weeks that i shared those uh, progress pictures i always I, i tell them that it it worked not because it was a tough program not it was not because it was a a very harsh diet and it, it's the tough programs and the harsh diets that get people not to stick to their routine not to follow the procedure not to have discipline because the harder it is the less results get so uh, why don't do a lot of people get what why not why don't everybody get results from like a ketogenic diet you know or from a just pedal to the metal go crazy workout 10 times a day workout routine or 2 hour sessions in the gym it's because it's not sustainable so if it's not sustainable you're not going to have you're not going to develop the discipline to perform it on a daily basis but the the, the keyword is just discipline what is it what can you do what kind of program what kind of process can you follow where you you do not deviate from it you know so my coach always says you know how do you know a program works for someone it's when they don't deviate from it if they don't deviate from it, it means that it's actually enjoyable because they're getting results from it and the more results from it you know they believe they can do it it just becomes a daily process it becomes a daily program and uh it has to do with the combination of what you ingest and what you exert so the energy that you exert and the food that you ingest and they they both go hand to hand together that's great advice so as you mentioned you know the community is also very important so talk to us about the social capital that has helped you in this transformation oh it's been amazing so i started this transformation journey on august 2nd and since august 2nd i must have made like 50 60 new friends and what's what's amazing and i'm totally introverted you might think like oh this guy's on a podcast he's comfortable and like no you know, I, like, i never imagined you were not an extrovert well people don't see that unless like they become like close friends so to speak or they they hang out with me and they realize that you know in in groups i'm i'm not very talkative 
right now I'm in my, I have my work hat on, you know, I've got my work boots on. So I see this as my duty, as an obligation, as a responsibility. I'm only giving back to the society, to the world right now, what I've already received. So that's what I mean. It's my obligation. It's my duty. I'm paying it back. I'm not here to gain anything. I'm just, I've already gained it, <laughs> you know? So think about that as a mindset. You know what I mean? When you perform something, are you performing as performing it? Are you doing that job to gain something from it? Or are, are you already in a mindset of giving? you know, or even giving back, which is better. So I try to put myself in the giving back mindset right away. So when it comes to the society around us, the community around us, the people around us, this year has been very challenging, right? So we've lost a lot of connections. We've lost a lot of friends. We've lost a lot of communities, even even going to 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 your local uh, temple or the mosque or the church and, you know, just local community centers, the gyms are closed. So those regular interactions that you had with other human beings, they've been interrupted. You know, I'm not going to say stopped because I don't believe in that, but they've been interrupted. You know, we can't really hang out much anymore. So now we live in this virtual world. So when it comes to this virtual world, now it's even more challenging for us to connect to uh there's no physical touch there's no it, it's very challenging to put a hand on someone else's shoulders or you know to comment them on what they look like you know give them a compliment on on how they present themselves because everything's virtual everything is two-dimensional you know they we've literally lost the whole dimension and uh, the fourth dimension is just the frequency and the energy that the vibe that we get from one another. So human beings right now are going through a phase that we feel incapable of communicating the way we used to. So and that's what inspires me because I've been living in this virtual world for what well, literally since 2012, 2013, but successfully coaching and teaching how to perform better in this virtual world since 2015 so i've been training for this pandemic for like five years you know what i mean so yeah, that's amazing that you have that mental and the physical ability to deal with such situations but tell us about the spiritual uh, aspect of it how has faith kept you going amidst these challenging times perfectly said so that that takes us from the virtual social realm that we're in we're we're we're, we're trying to strive in sometimes we're failing or not to the spiritual world because now we are being given the opportunity to become more spiritual, to become more focused inwards, to make those connections. If we can't make those connections with someone externally, we have no better place to look than within, right? So I help a lot of individuals with just finding themselves comfortable being alone. You know, so, you know, I got married and moved to the U.S. from Canada, from Toronto five years ago. And uh, we don't have any family. We literally we had like two friends that we haven't seen in a year. So, you know, being an introvert and all that, my wife and I. So I've been finding myself in, an, in isolation, self-inflicted isolation for many years. So what I had to learn and become good at back in 2015, 16, 17, 18, 19, before 2020 comes, was to just be happy alone, you know. And what so, is the strategy that's worked successfully for you to cope with loneliness? Because a lot of times we feel we need to be around with people, 
because we attach ourselves or derive happiness from people around us. We don't look inward as we pointed earlier in the episode. So what's one strategy you can advise our listeners with? Uh, daily non-negotiable tasks that would benefit you, right? And that starts from an early wake-up time. So confidence is, is a byproduct, is a byproduct of what we do every day. And regardless of where you live, I mean, if you live in a, in a crowded community, you're going to wake up relatively alone. You might have a partner, but you're going to be up by yourself and not every time your partner gets up with you to do uh, team team events, right? So you need to find a way to make yourself proud from the time you wake up. And that starts by waking up earlier than you normally would. Because What time do you wake up? Well, I've graduated up to 3 a.m., but I started with 6 and then 5 and then 4.30 and then 3.30 and then 3. What time do you sleep? 8 latest you nine get, you get a good eight to nine hours of sleep i get my six to seven hours of sleep which is more than enough yeah and uh you know starts from that daily uh daily meditation so i go I, I follow a guided meditation you know so you don't have to be a guru on day number one i've been meditating for many years uh I've, it's always been a guided meditation and it does the job it helps you focus it helps you go in, inward and helps you just connect with your own soul and just feel feel alive and feel capable because that's all it is. Uh, meditation or like even praying, it might be it might be intimidating, but when you do it, you realize how empowering it is because you empowered yourself. You don't need anybody else to help you. If somebody else empowers you, you owe it to the other person, but meditation is fantastic. So uh, starts with that meditation, you know, go into reading some powerful quotes, put your mind in the right place, followed by a, you know 20 minute to 30 minute physical exercise it could be walking on a treadmill push-ups set up something very simple and then goes right into uh, reading or audiobooks on audible so because when when you exercise and you break a little sweat your body is just like open receptive to information to learning it's just in the primal primal state so you get into reading you get into studying a little bit and then right after that, journaling. So right after that, just dumping your thoughts, dumping your ideas, and you'll just be coming up with amazing ideas in the morning after a workout session, after a light reading session, you're just, uh, you're ready to write a book really, you know what I mean? So, uh, and that's called, that's actually a, called the 20-20-20 formula by Robin Sharma. And he's my idol. I know you're gonna ask that question for me. For me later you on, know, but... he's an amazing guy. I would love to have him on my show. I follow him on Instagram. Oh, he's amazing. I love Robin. I mean, his book, The 5 a.m. Club, changed uh -huh. my life a few years ago. So, uh, you know, I, I fell off the 5 a.m. wagon. And then uh, when I started this journey back five minutes ago, I got, I was, I went from waking up with no alarm clock to six, quickly to five, back to five, and back to the 2020 20, formula. And then just 4 30, 3 30, and then three. Hey, you could write a book as part of the 3 a.m. club. I see that happening. I'm, I'm working on a book. <laughs> Maybe not called the, the, the 3 a.m. club, but it's just great because it's quiet. I get my work done, uh, you know, get my meditation done right away. Uh, I go into journaling, you know, uh, audio. It's just that, right. that formula is still there just a little bit earlier in the day. You know, these are good strategies to reiterate to our listeners. It's, it's putting your mind, body, soul uh, into a place where it can perform at its at its best. And you'll have to be that facilitating mechanism, right? Like waking up early, spending time 
with meditation, journaling. These are strategies that have been out there. But the biggest challenge for us as humans is how do we implement? How do we take that first step to put ourselves out there? And I followed some of these strategies, you know, meditating, journaling. And some of those days are very beautiful. I think that inner peace that you mentioned comes from some of these strategies where you reflect on life which something is it's very hard, you know, just taking a step back and pausing. It's very difficult. Uh, I guess the final piece of the puzzle is the community, is the, is the support system. So if you wake up tomorrow or if it's a Saturday or if it's a Sunday, you know, you're like, it's okay, well, it's here, Sunday, right? you know, I don't have to do it today. Or Monday comes up, you just had a tough weekend or you're going through some relationship problems or you had a fight with your spouse or your kids are they were crying all night, your dog didn't let you sleep. And those are kind of like the external events that push you outside of your, puts you off your program, off your process, and then you fall off the wagon. So if you fall off, it's gonna be challenging. Even for me, it's gonna be challenging for everyone to get back on, back on that plan, back on that process. So that's why I owe my consistency to the community I'm in. You know, the you reason why- me, right? Because they're always there for me. Whenever I need help, I can go there. I know they're going to be there for me. You know, I can I can wake up on my own. I can do everything on my own. But the 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 part, the blanket that covers everything, brings everything back together, is having that community. You know, so part of the community I'm building for uh, on engineeryourmission.com is exactly that. One of the three pillars is the community, is the social wellness. Because if we have that social wellness then uh, just look at it as a foundation. Then on top of that, we can be strong as, as an individual by developing our spiritual wellness, and then we can have the right mindset. So whatever external uh, pressure, whenever external villains come to us, we can react to it the right way and not let them uh, you know, bring us down. You know, that's very true. Uh, you know, how do we face external pressures and not use it as an excuse from being the best, happiest version of ourselves, that needs a lot of mindset shift, right? It's just how we react. Whatever happens to us happens to all of us. You know, you have a choice. Uh, you have a choice to react to it a certain way. You know, so that's why I'm I'm almost done reading the book "Emotional Agility" by Dr. Susan uh, David. Susan David. So that's like, a great book. yeah, it's amazing. You know, even just if if you guys are watching this. Just go and watch her TED talk, you know, just just Google her name. She's awesome. You know? <laughs> but like she says that all emotions are great. It's just your it's a choice to call the good emotion or a bad emotion. She talks about, you know, anger, sadness, anxiety. These are all the universe sending you a signal. If something makes you angry, well, what's the opposite of angry? It's giving you a signal to come out of that mental or spiritual or even physical, uh, you know, realm. It's a it's a good signal. You know, if you say, oh, anger is bad. OK, well, what are you going to do about it? You know, sadness is just giving you a signal that, hey, that event that happened that made you sad, avoid it, you know, avoid it. So you can go towards happiness or so, towards something that does not put, take you back into that state. So. I love the way she describes emotions because um, it makes you more agile. It makes you, you know, think on your feet. Very true. And, you know, she brings up another interesting point where we have to sit through our emotions because most of the times we just deflect our emotions. But as a human being, you need to go through all these emotions to live a fulfilled life. 
but how you respond to it i think that's where the key lies in terms of you know being successful in terms of embracing that emotion it's just you have to comprehend it you know it's very challenging to have appreciation for sadness or anger you know very true like how can you be how can you be happy you happy? for lack of a better term for lack of a better term sad, here, right you, you know, know for being sad you know right yeah it's more like a mixed bag but you know just feeling grateful about a lot of things in life i think journaling meditating puts us into that perspective that yeah. these are part of life and everybody goes through it you're not an exception you're not the only human on earth who's going through these different difficult emotions yeah like i used to i used to deflect all these things you know with all my early early year coaches they were talking about you know everybody talks about meditation and journaling and reading i was like oh no that's not for me you know, yeah, so you're like, in your twenties, right? You know, those are not the know, things you want to practice. You feel like most people do that. You know, I was like, <laughs> but it's just because I didn't understand them. I didn't comprehend them. No one was there to show me how to read or what to read. No one was there to show me how to meditate or what to meditate on. No one was there to show me how to develop. You know, and that's why again, this the social aspect is so important for me because I'm now there. I'm putting myself out there. Hey, you don't know how to journal. You don't know how to write stuff down and dump your dump your brain on a piece of paper. Well, let me show you. It's like super easy. Like as long as you're open to it, let me show you how to journal. Let me show you how to read and what to read. And let me show you how to now come here and find yourself in a in, in a safe zone where you can tell your stories. And whenever you made a stupid mistake, what you think is a stupid mistake at least you have a support system where you can come in and say, you know what, guys, I made the mistake or I knew I was supposed to do this, but I didn't. Or I knew that when my wife said that or when my husband said that, I shouldn't have treated her or treated him this way, but I did. I, you know, how can I make sure I don't react to that situation ever again like that? That's powerful. That's the kind, if you can find yourself in a community where you can come in and say, you know what? I got drunk last night, you know, I knew I shouldn't have, how do I, how do I make sure this doesn't happen again? Or I, uh, I reacted in a, in a negative way towards a colleague or towards a friend. Uh, how do I, how do I control those emotions? How do I develop a mindset that, that, uh, like you said, the perfect word grateful, that is more grateful and is, it embraces that challenge. Let's it come in. I can sit on it. I can say, you know what, let me sleep on this. Let me meditate on this. Let me put myself in a positive mental attitude. So when I make a decision on this, I make a positive decision. Because anytime you're in a negative mental attitude, you're in a negative mental state, regardless of how much you think, regardless of how much you try to come up with a solution, because you're mentally in a negative state, you will come up with a negative answer, which is normally to deflect or get rid of it or just treat that situation or that person in not a positive way, but all you gotta do is just like, you know what, give it some time or get immediately into action towards creating a positive mental attitude. Then go back to that conversation and look for a solution. You know, that's great advice, but let me ask you this. You've coached several people and you've had successful uh, you know, strategies that you've shared with them. But going back to your life experiences back in 2013, you pulled yourself from an emotional struggle through anxiety and depression. How do you see yourself now that you look back, you're in a much better positive state of mind? What advice would you give to your younger self? 
who was going through all of that? Oh, good question. You know, uh, I don't think I would change anything, you know, in terms of advice, I would just say don't overreact because I certainly overreacted. You know, I, I got into this relationship in 2008. So in 2012, end of 2012, like we kind of like used to live together, my ex-girlfriend and I. So very dysfunctional relationship. Right? So but we used to live together, constantly fighting, constantly breaking up, getting back together, breaking up, getting back together. So end of 20, like August, September 2020, uh, 2012 comes. And uh, this third and last breakup for me, I overreacted. So all I could have done, all I should have done was to kind of like, you know what? Just move back to your parents' house, you know, whatever. Just take some time to gradually depart. As Again, we had a three-bedroom furnished house, how cars, you know, we everything was like intermingled, completely embedded to each other. So rather than me just like gradually disassemble this Lego house that we were building, this house, you know, was, I kind of like treated it as a house of cards, you know, I just like smashed it and the whole thing came down. So, and I did that by leaving everything behind. I kind of like, so, okay, everything's yours. And I purchased a $270 one-way ticket to the Caribbean, to the Dominican Republic. I rented a, uh, a villa on the beach for six months. I prepaid it and I just left. And my plan was to never come back. You know, I just didn't want to, because I had at that point, no good relationship with my parents, brother, sister, friends. I had lost all my friends. I didn't have any other friend than her, right? So I kind of like left. I said, you know what? This is not it for me. I'm just going to go and live the island life. And whatever happens to me happens. So I left on November 28th, 2012. Uh, four days after that was my birthday. And it was basically constant partying and drinking and drugs all the way to December 31st. December 31st came and I hadn't slept in three days. And it was just a wild party night. And you know, hard drugs and lots of alcohol. And on the morning after that, I just left this place that we were in this house party at like 5 a.m. in the morning. And I just like walked home and uh, I had my buddy, like whom we weren't really in the best of relationships at a time. So I was fast walking ahead of him. And this is, this is January 1st, 2013, you know, in the beautiful Dominican Republic. But this storm season, you know, it's storm season. So very crazy rain coming down, windy. And the area that we were in, it wasn't like a hangout beach area. It wasn't a sandy beach at all. It was corals. It's actually the city of Cabarete in, in, in Dominican Republic, which is among the top five or top three windsurfing capitals of the world. So they're known for, you know, like 10, 15 foot waves. You don't go for a swim in the water. It's like nobody ever goes into swim in the water in the area. So I was just tired, you know. I was tired. I was in a completely, fully negative state of mind. And I just, I didn't want to live anymore, honestly. I just went right into the water. The scariest things, you know, like 10, 12-foot waves at least at that time coming. So all I remember was just like one wave hit me because I was just like going inside. I had one direction I was to go into the ocean just that one wave hit me and yeah i mean i i hit i must have hit the water i'm getting goosebumps sorry 
I must have hit the water and I have scars on my left, my left knee and left ankle. Uh, so I blanked out. I mean, I passed out and I know that, that, that guy that I was with my friend at the time and the security guard, apparently, you know, they had pulled me out of the water, helped me come out and like, you know, I kind of like gained consciousness upstairs and like, I could have walked for two days, you know, and just, I remember sitting on this chair, this kind of like extended chair that I could kind of like open my knees and my legs up on the, on, on by the door, by the balcony. And just like, I looked outside for like two days. I literally didn't say a word, you know? So it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Cause like I was telling someone, you know, God just didn't want me to go that way that day it was like, I had to find a bigger purpose. You know, I had to like do what I do something with what I had gathered through all this time. And that was just a turning point for me, you know, that, uh, you know, if it's not your time, you can't push it. You, know, you can't just go and, you know, try to change, you know, change something that you're just not happy with. Change has to be made inside, you know, again, externally, there's there's a lot of things we feel like we can change by just changing the external. You know, just changing the, the place, you know, that's not going to make any difference. Change has to come internally, right? You know, and as you're sharing this experience, like I could only visualize what it must have been going through that experience, both physically, emotionally, you know, mentally, and you know, trying to figure out what's your purpose of life. But I'm so glad you've overcome all these barriers, uh, you know, because of the strong intuition that you had that there's more to life. And, you know, minor crisis cannot deviate you from the, the larger path that is destined for you. What advice would you give for a lot of us, you know, especially because of COVID, you're sitting at home, there is no demarcation between work life and, you know, your personal life. And everybody's going through feelings of loneliness, questioning, you know, how long this is going to last and you know, being overwhelmed, being stressed. What is one advice would you give for people to start looking at life from a different perspective? Yeah, I said, and you said it right. You got to change your perspective towards life. Life is not about you. Life is about people around you, people near and dear to you. So you will find, you will have to find a deep sense of meaning, uh, a purpose in life that's beyond you. Because if you just live life for making your life more meaningful and making your living more li meaningful and a purpose that serves you, you're, you're going to continue being miserable and you'll only partake in the pleasures of life. But if you embark on this journey of just being a humble servant and find other people that you can, you can serve, you can support. I mean, just like Zig Ziglar said, you can have anything you want in life. If you just help other people get what they want, you know? So from the moment you open your eyes, it's not about you. Life doesn't happen around your circumstances you know we are insignificant i am insignificant i will only give meaning to my life if i can help other people find meaning in theirs you know that's a very interesting and important way of looking at life you know as i reflect on my journey through this podcast you know as i resonate with your analogy you know helping others by spotlighting their stories by helping them achieve their passion you know that gives me a lot of gratification like every day when i look at you know, here's the impact when somebody says, I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I listen to your podcast every weekend and that gives me a lot of inspiration. And there was another recent podcaster and a guest of mine who said, you're my role model, Priyanka. And I was like, wow, nobody's ever said that to me. But there are small ways in which you inspire people without even knowing them. And 
I truly agree with what you're saying. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you're doing a fantastic job. You know, your 75th episode. Thank you. You might not know it, but people will log in. You might have like a handful of people live, but this video will continue to live on. And one thing that resonates higher than, you know, this video communication is just really the energy you're putting out there. You right. know, because the other day on Friday, I did another podcast on the Blue Falcon podcast. And uh, the guest, Bobby, he was saying that, you know, we were talking the same conversation. We're talking about the social wellness and how we're we're all away. We can't really hang out with each other. And uh, he made a comment as to, you know, it's, it's challenging to make each other. We're talking about body language and make each other, you know, really feel that energy while we're talking on Zoom. We're doing, a, I guess, like a Zoom similar to what you're doing. And. I said, you know what? It's actually possible because you have given me goosebumps at least a couple of times. I mean, you did too by asking me those questions. You know, you're like, you literally, I'm getting this energy. I'm getting this love and attention and, you know, this appreciation and the, the, the gratitude that you're having for, let's say, me or my story and like your audience and, the, you know, the gratitude, the gratefulness that we have for their challenges because we understand what they're going through people feel that, you know, just like you and I are talking, could be just you and I and nobody else here. Everybody else who's watching us, they're resonating. They're hearing our stories. They're thinking about the battles they've had. You know, I talk about, you know, my experience, you know, with just kind of like drugs, alcohol, and, you know, bad family relationships. So, you know, my girlfriend that, you know, drove me crazy or you know, the person that I drove crazy, you know, I'm glad you said it was both ways. Oh, it is both ways. It's always both ways. It's more, if anything, it was more my fault for just leaving. You know, I admitted that. It's like, I just like crashed everything down. Why did I react it that way? You know what I mean? I could have just do it like a civilized person would do, you know, but I said, you know what? I'm just going to party in the Dominican Republic. You do whatever you want. You know, that's basically what I did. You know, you know when you reflect back, uh, you realize a lot of things that probably in our 20s, we we don't reflect on, which is, you know, we seek for external happiness where, you know, you just go to the beach or, you know, you sit in that beach house. And I think uh, there was a recent post that you mentioned on LinkedIn where sunshine and the beach is not going to make a difference. I mean, obviously a change of place might help you, you know, be in a much more, uh, you know, peaceful state of mind, but the change has to come from within you. And until that happens, you know, surrounding yourself with new people or new places isn't going to really create that difference in terms of who you are as a person. Yeah, and my post today was that it actually makes it worse. Because yeah. adding more distraction, you're actually adding more wood to the fire. Right, and you're not actually addressing the inner issue. You're no, just you're, just, you're just covering it more, you know? So right. if, 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 this was, if, this, if the sun was coming out, you're just like putting more stuff on it. If the light was coming out and you're getting to that point, because every day, every, like when you're dealing with a challenge, you're under so much pressure, pressure. You're about to crack. You're about to break through. Or like my, my coach would say, you're about to level up. And then you go outside for a cigarette. And like, oh, you just lost your opportunity. You know, you, you, you smoke something or you, you take a painkiller or you drink, drink something. Or you're having this challenging conversation with your spouse and it's you, it's tough. It's challenging. You guys are not arguing, but like you're trying to. You're biting your lip. You're not saying anything wrong, and then you say something wrong. It's like, oh, you ruined it. 
all you could have done was all you had to do is just like maintain that respect, maintain that love, maintain that open communication, be honest and respectful so you can resolve that argument, you know, rather than just throw your hands up and be like, you know what, whatever you want, whatever you say. It's like, oh, you, you just game over. Right. And I'm you, so you glad you're sharing these life lessons because it's, it's very important, be it in a personal setting or a professional setting, we put these toolkits at the back of our mind so we know how not to overreact and how do we, uh, you know, embrace a conversation, embrace a, a, a situation in the most, uh, you know, amicable way with good demeanor. Uh, you know, that's very crucial. Now, I want to pivot to another aspect of your life that you do a very great job at, which is coaching STEM engineers, you know, helping people find their, find what they're designed for, uh, you know, uh, from a job perspective. What are some job search strategies that you can share with our listeners? Can you just give our key, uh, you know, key three quick tips for us? hundred percent. So the number one mistake everyone makes that's that that includes me when I started job searching, uh, and, and this is not because this is not because you know there's no better ways of job searching. I primarily blame the the media, advertising companies. It's primarily driven by them, you know, the publication companies that make their money from advertising. You know, I don't want to name any names, but we have all seen these TV commercials that there's uh, there's someone working and then poof, they disappear. And they're like, oh, what happened? It's like, oh, he got a job. What did they do? They went to this website. Did, 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 did. It's like, really? And so they're kind of like putting these things in our mind that if we go to our website, like we instantaneously we'll leave this job and we'll go to this other job, you know? So you just click, click, click hired, you know? And those are the steps that they lay out for us. And uh, next to that, the, the university and career council offices, they take the same advice from TV commercials. They get the same thing that used to work 30 years ago when people were still companies were still advertising in print in like magazines to hire, they would feed kids that are coming out of school today. So which leads to the number one mistake, which is starting your job search from google.com. You know, electrical engineer jobs in Washington, enter. You're like, oh, this website comes up. Oh, cool. There is like 10,317 jobs in Washington for engineers. I'm gonna start apply, 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 apply. And then, and believing like I'm going to get a job, I'm going to get an interview, at least like two interviews by the end of the day. I spoke with someone today, Venkat, and uh, he applied, he actually tracked everything. He applied to over a thousand jobs, just over a thousand. He said he got 994 declines. And what is the strategy that you would advise instead? So the first strategy is to stop doing that. Stop applying online. Applying online doesn't work. So I, I share statistics, I share like labor market statistics in terms of what percent of jobs are being advertised, which is this year is, is less than 10% of jobs are actually being advertised. Traditionally speaking, maximum 20% of jobs, they get to a point that the companies will actually get to advertise them. So out of every 10 jobs that are available in the market, you and I can only find two of them, one or two of them on the internet. So now, what are the eight other jobs? The, the businesses find people for them without need to advertise, you know? So, so how, like, how do we position ourselves so these businesses can find us 
is there through is it through networking or what's that strategy that would advise through networking because through online applications through website driven applications the success rate of that has always been less than 5%. Last year, it was between 0.3 and 0.8%. This year, I'm willing to put my life on it because we have statistically, mathematically more unemployed. The mathematics are pretty simple. Numbers don't lie. It's going to be like 0.1%, 0.2%. You know, so out of every thousand applications, one is contacted. So like... Especially if you're in STEM and you're good with numbers, why would you want to do something that has a 99.9% .9 chance of failure? You know, but that's the traditional way of looking at it, right? We have all these different job platforms where you apply. So you're saying networking is key. What are some strategies to network effectively? 100%, because I don't care if it's traditional. I mean, we've established that's traditional. Traditional doesn't work, you know? So you could be in love with something. If it doesn't work, don't do it again. You know, so that's that's step number one. I have to like always like clarify that for everyone because otherwise they feel like, okay, well, networking is right. You're right. Everything you say is cool, but applying online is easier. I'm going to go do the easy stuff. If they don't understand that the effectiveness percentages, you know, so like 0.1% versus 20%, 25% response rate when you're contacting a hiring manager directly. And the best platform for it, which has been for many years, is LinkedIn. Is the platform we're having this conversation on. We've we've established ourselves on. I've been on LinkedIn for 12 years, and I don't own any stocks at LinkedIn. I've never worked for LinkedIn. They do not sponsor me. Nothing, you know. It's just it's you just have the power to... of the platform, right? I've been an early adopter of LinkedIn, and you you see the power of the platform connecting with people, connecting with opportunities. So yeah. let's say we start networking. For example, on a platform like LinkedIn, what are some other strategies you would su suggest for your job search after that step? Yeah, so there's a three-step formula that I take everyone through. Number one, you need to make sure you choose a company that's growing. You definitely need a LinkedIn premium account so you can get the premium business insights. The premium business insights shows you the, the, the headcount growth in a company month by month, department per department over the last two years. So. You need to individually filter the companies you're targeting based on ones who have at least maintained headcount growth or ideally increased. That's step number one. It has to be in your industry, one industry, diversifying does not work. You have to take the sniper rifle, you know, the sniper approach. That's number one. Number two, you need to identify the hiring manager. Nobody else cares about you besides the person you're going to be reporting to directly. Nobody cares. It's not their job. Like, would you care about someone? Would you refer someone who has nothing to do with your job? You wouldn't. So you need to identify the right hiring manager. Third is the message that you send to them. So there is absolutely no one message. There's no one magic statement or a, you know, a powerful phrase or a persuasive paragraph. Nothing would work. It has to be a process. So I write, I help people write a campaign, a message campaign. Just like uh, you get these emails that come to you, there's a process to it. You know, they know that business knows that over the next eight weeks, they're going to send you an email every week and they're going to start pitching you their program or their product in week number seven, week number eight. They've built and established that relationship with you. There's an established dialogue. So that's exactly what I teach them. It's a seven step seven message campaign 
we start with an in invitation. So we invite, connect, we introduce ourselves, and we do five follow-ups. In those follow-ups, we have to establish fit, you know, if there's make sure there's chemistry between us. So we share with them why is it that we're interested in their companies. We let them know that we are familiar, we're aware of the potential challenges they're facing as, as they're going through this economy, as they're dealing with developing their product, you know, offering their service. We start sharing ideas and insights to solidify the fact that, hey, I can also offer you solutions. And then we begin to share experiences of how we've done similar things in the past. And in message number seven or follow up number five, that's when we invite them to speak with us. You know, so it's it's the formula, it's the framework that establishes that trust and gets them to actually want to respond back to you. You have to prove yourself. You have to sell yourself. And that cannot be done in one message. It has to be a series. Thanks for sharing that success framework. I think that's an eye-opener for a lot of our listeners. On that note, we have a fun rapid-fire round for you. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. Awesome. You tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following. Who is your role model? Oh, Robin Sharma. Yeah, so I've, uh, I, I'm just going through some of his trainings right now. He's offering some of his trainings for free for someone who's interested. If you just Google him, you can see him. Follow him on Instagram. Watch him every day. Study him. Get the 5 a.m. club. He's changed my life. He will change yours too. Hey, Robin Sharma is great, so go ahead and check him out. How do you define success? So I wrote a long answer for this. <laughs> you can mean one word. Yeah, so it's, it's really, I guess we already discussed it because it, it's about success is when I, re I consistently help other people. So when, when the society as a whole thinks of a problem, I'm attached, my name and my brand is attached to it. You know, so I always recommend people when they're networking, I would say, don't talk about yourself, talk about the problems that you solve. So I don't want to develop a legacy around my name or my brand name or my company name. I want to develop a legacy around the problems that I've solved and uh, attach myself there. So if I can be the guy who keeps solving that problem, I'm happy I'm successful. That's awesome. What does uh, uh, happiness mean to you? Inner peace and contentment. You know, I love that. That's, that's, that's as simple as it because, you know, you can be happy inside a jail cell. If right. you can be happy inside in pure isolation, then nothing, no, one, no can, one, can, yeah. one can take it away from you. Very true. What is one fun thing about Nader, which is exclusive to our Karib Startup Leadership Podcast listeners? Oh, it's a funny one. So I used to work, uh, I used to work at a, like a coffee shop bakery for many years. So all kinds of positions. But for several years, I was an assistant baker. Cool. You have nice my own. So I can, I've got some uh, crazy baking skills. <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, I, perfect for the holiday season. It absolutely is. So one of the things that I always did was, you know, like bake and cook for, you know, office potlucks. And, uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how I capture people's hearts, you know, through their stomach. <laughs> that's amazing. And through your personal stories as well. So that sure. goes hand in hand. <laughs> one final question. What is your native language? And one word to describe yourself in it. My native language is Farsi, Farsi uh, that we speak in Iran. So I thought about this, but I just want to like share what my name means, Nader, which means rare, you know, and uh, 
I also specifically use this because I wanted to share like, again, another philosophy, because this is something that comes up that everybody struggles with, which is talking about themselves or like someone might have just thought, oh, that's, that's, that's like, that's, he's bragging about himself. He's saying he's rare, but like, it's not bragging if you've earned it. I wanted to get that out of the way. So if, if you're struggling, you go into an interview, you're struggling to talk about yourself, just ask yourself, have I earned the right to say this, to say the great things that I've done, that I have the skills and I can help you? And I'm sure nine out of 10 times, you know that you've earned it. You've done the hard work. You've tried hard. So don't feel bad about talking about yourself, whatever your name means. Actually tell people what your name means because then they're going to remember you based on that unique experience they had with you because almost nobody gives enough respect to their name. I used to be one of them. I actually changed my name to Trevor back in 2011 because I was so lost that I thought people can't say my name. So I have to westernize my name. So I changed my name for a year. My dad said, did the same thing. He went from Reza to Ross and he changed it back to Reza. You know, like we were all going through these mental difficulties. So my name is a special thing for me, just like your name should be a special thing for you. And talk to others about what your name means and fully own it because you've earned it. I know. And that brings your authentic self as well. It's been such a pleasure, Nader, having you on the show. And you're one of those rare gems. And I'm so glad we've crossed our paths and we could share some of these valuable philosophies on life, on job search and careers as part of our 75th episode. So thank you so much. Of course. Do you have any parting thoughts to our listeners? Just wanted to thank you and everyone who's on this call. Like uh, The Curry Up Startup Leadership Podcast is amazing. I've joined at least two, three conversations. I've listened in. I've participated. I've asked questions. And like the value you put out there is fantastic. I'm humbled to be here, you know. It's just a good opportunity for me to come out here, especially in the holiday season this month, which is a historic month for me. You know, as I reflect back on, you know, what what kind of a mental state I was in just a few years ago, I know that a lot of people out there are going through similar challenges right now because it's the holiday season. You can't meet your family. You have to do everything remotely. You may have lost your job. You can't provide and maybe provide a good, you know, food on the table, as simple as that. And if you're a if you're a mom or a dad, this is this is very. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just saying this stuff because I'm not a mom or a dad myself. But I speak to, I listen to a lot of them, and I know what they're going through. I have people cry to me on the phone, so I feel their pain. And if I can just come out here and just be like, "Hey, I'm here. I want to help you. I want to just listen to you." Because some people just want people to listen to them and not even say a word. It's just I'm a here to listen system, to right. That's it. Thank you so much, Nader. And thank yeah, you thank for you. doing this. Yeah. Thank you for your kind words about the podcast as well. And to our listeners, we are giving away our 12 days of Christmas giveaways. And as part of that, a free mentoring session with Nader is up for grabs. So we'll continue promoting it. So drop in a comment and we'll have uh, the contest continue as part of our giveaways as well. Nader, thank you so much. I've enjoyed getting to know you and I look forward to your continued success, be it with the book be it with engineering your mission to help other people succeed. And uh, I wish you all the very best. Thank you so much, Franco. I appreciate it. Thanks, Nader. And to our listeners, key takeaway on our 75th milestone episode of Career Startup Leadership Podcast with Nader. One is embrace your life, whatever that wave could look like. 
because you can definitely surf it with the right attitude. And two, for job search, networking is key. So surround yourself with the right kind of people and uh, you know, reach out to your community on an ongoing basis to land your dream job. And three, the most important of all, look inwards for peace, for happiness, and only you can make yourself happy to begin with. And you can spread the joy and vibes as part of this holiday season to your loved ones as well. Thank you so much, Nader. And I look forward to your book, hopefully in the near future as well. And I wish you the very, very best. Thank you. Likewise. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you.